Hello everyone and welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast with me your host Arthi Rabikrasoon. I believe we find inspiration all around us, especially from the stories that we all have in us. My aim with the Inspire Your Life podcast is to bring some of those real stories to light, stories of my guests that resonate with you and me. It's by listening to these stories that we can be inspired and motivate ourselves to overcome find a new path and rise even higher than we thought possible. Joining me on the show today is Sarah Gilbert and we'll be talking about living life to your rules. Sarah is an award-winning business strategist and mindset coach, as well as a keynote speaker. In terms of her accolades, she's the recipient of the Most Innovative Woman in Business Development Strategy and also the Best International Business Consultant in Canada at the Influential Businesswoman Awards. She's also one of a handful of Canadian coaches that features on Forbes Coaches Council, which is how we actually met Sarah. Sarah has a deep knowledge of wealth management and the industry, and she's also a member of the Harvard Business Review Advisory Council, as well as the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. As you can tell, listeners, Sarah is a multi-passionate entrepreneur who is interested in everything related to business, consumer psychology, and more specifically, human behavior. Sarah, it's so lovely to have you join the show today, and it's Sounds like you and I have a lot in common. Welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast. Thank you. And thank you so much for the invitation, Ardi. Like the, we were talking a little bit before, I just, you have a beautiful mission and it's a true pleasure to be here today. Oh, thank you so much. And I mean, you all across the other side of the ocean in Canada, they, I'm in South Africa. How beautiful that we can connect in this way, huh? It's unbelievable. Really, yeah. technology is a beautiful thing. It really is. Uh, Sarah, you know, I've just sketched out a very high level detail about your background, but I want us to get to know you a bit better. So please tell us a bit more about yourself. Um, well, first of all, I am a mother. So I have two mm-hmm. beautiful teenagers. I am a multi-passionate. So I'm one of these people who loves to learn about so many different things and touch about many different things. Uh-huh. And because human behaviors are really complex. We're not unidimensional. So we touch yes. a lot about, we touch on many, many things. And I'm just fascinated by what makes one person take action uh-huh. and uh-huh. the other one just not. Not. <laughs> yes. And that's it. Oh, that's, I mean, that's an important distinction, right? I mean, those key drivers, those levers, I mean, why is it different for different people? So, you know, I'm also fascinated by this. And um, as you would have uh, would have heard, you know, I, I do a lot of work in terms of the neuroscience behind people's mindsets and behaviors. So like you, as I said, we have so much in common because I'm sure we could go on and on talking about human behavior and psychology and all of those good things. Um, we'd have such a good chat about it um, because it's so interesting, right? And it's, you know, when we were sort of preparing for this episode, Sarah, you had 
it shared with me a little bit about your story um, and around around your own sort of mindset and behavior and and things that brought you to what we're calling today on the show as you know living life to your own rules and I want you to share with our listeners a little bit more about that backstory about how did you actually come to this realization for yourself that this is your life and you need to take control of it and you're going to make the rules share it with us definitely so as like many of our listeners today, like I was raised in a met, like average class family where the beliefs were you work hard and life is hard and um, all those beliefs where you just have to fit in the mold. And yes. for as long as I remember, I, I could never fit in the mold. I mm-hmm. challenged everything. I questioned everything to really like to my parents' demise. Like I challenged everything that they said, everything that they thought, because I just couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. didn't understand why her life had to be hard. I didn't believe it. I didn't understand that, you know, rich people were evil. I didn't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, And like our education system and society is always fit to, you know, fit in the box. Yes. But I never fit in the box. And I tried, believe me, I tried. Like I did the school thing. I did the university thing. I did the get married and buy the house and the white picket fence thing. And the more I tried to fit in the box, Mm -hmm. the more I lost who I was. Mm, mm. And and so what actually happened then when you sort of realized this, that actually, you know, I'm not going to be in the box anymore? Um, I just exploded everything in my life at once. Okay. Um, which is probably not my recommended way for people, but that had to be my way. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, like the way that I see it today, and it's going to help understand is I see there's three ways that people live life, mm-hmm. go through life. Some people survive life, you know, oh my gosh, if this week can just be over, you know, on Monday, they're expect they're looking forward to Friday. On Sunday, they're already agonizing. So there's people who survive life. Yeah. There's people who live life where mm-hmm. it's just, it's okay. And there are people who thrive life. Mm-hmm. There's people mm-hmm. who have design, dreams and desires to do something different, to live adventures, to live experiences. And I was really in the third category. And I have this inkling in me all the time of there's got to be more. Mm -hmm. This can't Mm -hmm. be it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you live that and when you carry that, there's got to be more. This can't be it. It means that you are meant for the third category of thriving your life. Right. And at one point I was in a marriage, which I was really not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in a job where I really not fulfilled. And within the span of two years, I just let go of all of that. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of big change in a short amount of time, actually. Mm -hmm. It is. It is because as anybody who's gone through, you know, separation it's not an easy process and even when I was still in that turmoil I was still like I I noticed that even in my work where I technically had everything that I wanted I had a good job I had the freedom but I just I was dying inside Mm -hmm. and I just one day to another I just quit my job Mm -hmm. well was there something that triggered specifically that kind of got you to that decision that okay this is it (laughs) I have to do something was there something like that for you Oh, that's a really good question. Um, There is never one moment. It's always an accumulation Mm -hmm. of moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where you feel where I felt that I was dying inside. So this actually helped me understand what's my recipe to make decisions. 
So when I feel that, and when I, and I feel that there's something more, there's something missing. It's just, it's, there's something more out there when people around me tell me, but this is good. Mm -hmm. Like you're married, you have the white picket fence, you have a nice job that pays well, and you have all the freedom. Mm -hmm. But I know in my feeling that there's something more, this isn't, this isn't it. That is my recipe to know that what I want to do is actually what I'm supposed to do. Mm. So we all have this recipe within us of how we make good decisions. The thing is that we don't take the time to bring awareness to what is our recipe. I like the way you're putting it, you know, because there's a lot of people, Sarah, who's out there and probably thinking, yeah, it's okay to just kind of fit in, you know, Um, maybe that's my recipe. And, and, you know, I, I take your point about surviving, living and thriving. I mean, those are very different stages requiring Mm -hmm. very different mindsets. When somebody is in that phase of kind of like, okay, I think I'm going to go in the flow. Do you think there's something more to that in terms of their mindset perhaps, or are they not activated? What's your sort of take on on people who are in that space? Or is it just their natural fit, I guess? Um, Well, first, when you ask people what they want, people will tell you one or two things, what they don't yeah. want and what they've done in the past. Right, right. I believe that 98% of people of humanity don't even know what they want. Mm-hmm. So it starts by that. Okay. What is your definition of a well-lived life? What And today I live my life of what do I want to tell myself on my deathbed? Yeah, yeah. And living with like, what is my definition of a well-lived life for me means having freedom, freedom of time, freedom of how do I want to make a difference, Mm -hmm. freedom of um, doing things my way. My definition of a well-lived life, like a thriving life, is a life Mm -hmm. lived with adventures. Mm. So my focus is not on, you know, making more money or whatever, like that will come. And that comes, that's a result of, you know, people are trying to be happy, how to be happy is defining what is your definition of a well-lived life. Mm, mm, mm. So my mission is, you know, to follow my dreams and aspirations and to help people to follow their dreams and aspirations. But first we need to define it. What does it mean for me? Absolutely. And and part of that definition gets you closer to that more authentic you, isn't it? Because, Absolutely. you know, defining it means you are going to become more of who you are meant to become or who you want to become. You know, it could be either or. But, you know, and I think the point that you that you're raising is that it's so important, important for us to have that compass to be able to say, OK, you know, even on my deathbed, was I able to say, I've lived a really good life and I did what I all, all that I wanted, you know? And I often find, and I don't know if you find this too in your coaching practice, but I often find in my coaching practice, it comes down to courage, Sarah. A mm. lot of people just can't find the courage to break away because there's fear. There's fear, there's perceptions, there's judgments, there's biases, you know, all these things that we're trying to, to work on. But that courage just fails them to try and, you know, pursue what they really authentically want to be pursuing. I mean, what, what could you suggest to, to our listeners who might be in that position, who are sort of, you know, wondering, how do I take that first step? You know, like listening to your story is, is, you know, that something just triggered and you did it, but it was a culmination, as you said, for somebody else, it could be far difficult, you know? That's interesting because the way that I see it, courage is an output. Okay. So every day, 
and basically every minute of every day, yeah. I have a choice. Either I feed my dream or I feed my fear. Mm. And the more I feed the dream of what does it mean for me, a well-lived life? How do I want to live my life? How do I want to be able to say on my deathbed, did I give it everything you got? Because that's my question, you know, mm -hmm. like, did I give it everything I got? Yes, perfect. The more I feed that, automatically the courage comes. Right. So people right. are focusing on the lack there of something. So I need the courage to, instead of feed the dream. Mm. And feed that's the vision of what you want to build as yeah. a life. And, and you'll see the more we feed that, the more the inner chatter of, you can't, I should, you must, whatever, just dissipates. Mm -hmm. Because the mind can only have one thought at the time. Yeah. So either I'm thinking about a fear that I want to conquer, quote unquote, or I'm taking that headspace and that mind space to feed the dream that I want to have, the vision that I want to have, the feelings that I want to live. It, you know, it talks back to what you were saying about how many of us are actually looking at the past in terms of defining our present and our future, right? And yes. here you're sort of you're sort of saying, oh, well, you're even challenging us to say, look actually to the present and the future, you know, feed today so that the dream can materialize. Um, not look at the fear of what should have happened, could have happened, did happen, and then try and rectify it now, but actually do things that are going to help um, enable you to move forward. I love that. I love that way of thinking. Um, and, and I suppose if everyone puts that lens um, and that mindset on, what a powerful self-awareness journey that becomes for them, huh, Sarah? Absolutely. Because so if I know that I want to live uh, uh, a life of adventures, for example, well, uh -huh. I'll know that in there, there's going to be adventures that don't work out, adventures yeah. that are don't aren't to the level that I want to, and there yeah. are adventures that are going to be extraordinary. Yes. yes. So it's no longer a failure. It's just part of the journey to mm -hmm. have a life filled with adventures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you obviously have been on this massive self-awareness journey as well. What are some of your key takeaways on your own journey so far? The importance of, for, I'll go back to, first of all, the importance of understanding and clarifying what do you want. Right. Second, find an anchor to attach yourself to that. Mm, okay. So, you know, like it can be your, your personal mission statement. It can be somebody that's going to hold you accountable for it. It can be a vision board. It, it can be whichever medium that fits. It can mm -hmm. be re, like reliving experiences of the feelings that you want to live more. But mm -hmm. to create intentional anchors to go back to it. Because mm -hmm. the brain's job is to keep us alive, which means it's in its comfort zone, yes. which might not be what we want, but yeah. it's what it knows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So having the clarity of what do I want, having an anchor that's going to really keep me on board of, okay, this is where I'm going. Yeah. And then the rest is feed the dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like we often, especially in the self-development area, we always talk about, we often talk about, you know, putting and shedding light on your patterns and, you know, working on your faults or working on, you know, trauma that you have, which are all good, great things. But at the same time, if I enter a room that's dark, my goal is not to, how do I remove the dark? My goal is, how do I turn the light on? Mm -hmm. And the light is, what do I want? Yeah. And how do I stay in alignment with that? Yeah, no, powerful. It is powerful. You know, the 
that journeying process, I mean, as I said, it just keeps catapulting you forward. It doesn't take you backwards, even as you said, that if there's setbacks or anything like that. But if you've anchored on something quite powerful, like a mission statement or uh, someone who can keep you accountable, it just means that you're going back to that almost first principle in terms of why am I doing this and not regressing even beyond that. You're actually just going back to that reminder of why am I doing this and and keep moving forward from there nonetheless. So at every turn, it is as if you're moving and moving and moving forward, not going yeah. backwards. Yeah. And I, I like often that. use like the the an, the analogy of the GPS. If I put a destination in my GPS in my car yeah. and mm-hmm. I take the exit, my GPS doesn't go, okay, let's try into destination. It there's no uh-huh. route recalculation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So whenever we have we do like a quote unquote mistake, failure, or whatever, yeah. can we just say route recalculation and focus, go back to the dream that we want? Yeah. yeah. Vision of the life. Instead of Mm -hmm. saying, oh, well, now I'll go and change my destination. Mm -hmm. No way. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get caught. Yeah, we do. We do. And, and, you know, something else that I think is probably, well, maybe it's linked to the fear, I suppose, uh, around. And and I always say, you know, it's about us owning our story. And and a Mm -hmm. lot of what you're talking about is, yes, we're taking ownership of our story in different ways. But sometimes you find that you know, maybe there's some cultural norms, you know, it's the environment or the context that you're in, where suddenly you are striving to thrive, you know, using using your words, but there's a backlash because of some of these cultural or contextual factors. Yes. You know, how, how does someone deal with those sort of imposing um, obstacles that come on you, even though you're trying to pursue a life of thriving of, you know, whatever it is that you, you want to um, get to. I love that. that. Such a beautiful question. So one of my, the expertise that I've developed throughout the years is psycholinguistics. So it's understanding the connection between words and human behavior. Right. And my favorite word in the entire world is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go with curiosity. I was like, huh. So for example, I'll go with the story that I was raised with, you know, you have to work hard in life mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. believing it. My invitation here is challenge it with mm-hmm. curiosity. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that? Do I want to believe that life is hurt? Mm-hmm. Does that, is that, how does that feel in my body? Mm. And this understanding that whenever anybody talks, whatever comes out of our mouth is one thing and it's our beliefs. That's mm-hmm. all that comes out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when somebody tells us something, stop it, filter it with mm-hmm. curiosity. Mm-hmm. Do I, do I really think that I need to work 52 hours a week? Is it true that I need to get married and have the white picket fence? And curiosity is non-judgmental. And That's it helps true. us filter things that are from stories that are said from the people that we love the most mm-hmm. who want to protect us. And so by f- using curiosity to filter it, then we get to choose, is it an alignment where I want to go or it's not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So curiosity is a beautiful tool. It has nothing to do with what they're thinking and what the society's thinking. It's like, how do I see this? Do I want to believe this? What do I want to believe instead? And once we start adding the curiosity in that filter, it changes absolutely everything yeah. because you're back in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. to decide mm-hmm. what do you want. Mm-hmm. I like that. And in fact, it's making me think, Sarah, as you're talking, that curiosity actually opens up your choices, to yes. be honest, right? Because it's giving you so many different perspectives. Like we, because the, here's the thing, we hear something, 
you know, like, like your example of, you know, you need to get married by a certain age and, you know, have the beautiful family and the white picket fence. And we receive that in a certain way and we imagine or visualize it. Mm-hmm. And yet somebody could have said it with a different context. And with that curiosity that you're saying, you know, if we just probe and ask a little bit more around it, suddenly you get a bit more of the context and you think, okay, as you said, you filter and you ask the questions. Do I believe this? Do I want to do this? Here's a different perspective. I'm taking it on board. And actually, here's what my decision is going to be based on now an additional choice maybe I hadn't thought of before. So it could be compelling from that perspective as well to give you options. I quite Absolutely. Like and yeah. the emotion attached to curiosity yes. is a very playful emotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where if I just would have said, you know, filter whatever people are telling you, then that is a very heavy and rational emotion. Yeah. So fundamentally, we're all four years old. Mm-hmm. So when I go with curiosity, I stay in the play emotion where everything mm-hmm. is lighter and yeah. simpler. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. from that space that we get to thrive. Mm-hmm. It's from that space that we truly get to be happy and fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. I like so that. So curiosity like that. is look at everything with curiosity. I was like, huh, that's fun. That's mm. very interesting. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. I like it. I really, really like it. And and I suppose you find people, as you said, you know, we we all do have this curious mind. I mean, we were we built, we grew up with it, right? It's it's inherent, it's part of us, but somewhere along the line, that curious. Um, voice or, or that that level of curiosity dampens because of experiences, context, whatever the the issues may be. Sarah, well, how because how we're can... supposed to we're supposed to get into the box? Yeah, exactly, exactly. How how would you encourage somebody to find their curiosity again if they in that box so deeply? Well, start paying attention to sentences that you use and the people around you use, mm-hmm. such as "You must," "I must," "I have to." This is how it's done. Mm -hmm. Shoulds. So, must and shoulds are external to us. So, as I said before, like I mentioned before, like everything that comes out of people's mouth is our our beliefs. The same applies to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, when I have clients, for example, who say, "Well, I have to answer every email, or I have to be there for all my my, I have to work in the evening for my clients," and I'm like, "Okay, whoa, (laughs) yes, I'm no longer in the driver's seat." Right. So to start paying attention to what other people say, what you say, and what you say to yourself. Mm-hmm. Have, must, should. These are all verbs. These are all sentences. That means that we are no longer in the driver's seat. Yeah. Okay. And what would be the step after that? Once we realize actually we may not be in the driver's seat, what do we do? Curiosity. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that? Mm-hmm. Do I want to believe that? What would I like to believe instead? And that's important. What would I like to believe instead? Yes. Yeah. And then nurture that because that is in alignment with the beginning. It's tailored tie, tie back to the beginning of mm-hmm. what do I want? Mm-hmm. What's important for me? So I have no meetings before 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. None. Yeah. And I've had clients who say, well, can we meet earlier? I'm like, no, in the morning I'm with my family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody said, well, that doesn't work for me. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it works and it works completely well for you because this is your yes. choice. This is what you value. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, if you look back on your self-awareness journey now, um, Sarah, is there anything 
you look back and you think, oh, I should have maybe done that a little bit differently. Is, is this that sort of a lens that you look back in terms of hindsight and wishing things could have been better? Oh, that's, it's, a, it's an interesting question because I just came back from a three-week vacation with my parents and my teenagers. Uh-huh. And if you want to know, if you want to really uncover trauma and beliefs that are passed from generations to generation, go on your va- on vacation with your parents and your teenagers. Uh-huh. Everything will pop up, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it all comes out. Um, and in that va- va- during that vacation, I noticed how different I was from my family, which I love my family, yes. but I am different because yes. I am in the driver's seat. Uh-huh. And today I'm grateful for the struggle. Mm. Because it's the struggle and the challenge and the not fitting in and the that allows me today to be in the driver's seat Mm -hmm. and change that for generations to come. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I love that that forward impact as well. You know, that generation that's powerful, and that's what we want to do, right? We want to be able to empower your kids and going forward in terms of the generations too their friends too, um, yes. to actually be, as you said, in the driver's seat, to be living their dream. What a what a happier world we'll actually end up in, I think, so. Well, yes, <laughs> because if everyone's back, everyone's is back because in the driver's seat of their life, yeah. then there is no searching for happiness mm-hmm. because we're all living in bliss. Yes. Oh, Most- what would that, imagine that. <laughs> Yes. Sarah, I mean, it's it's beautiful in terms of the space you're in now. I mean, I'm loving what I'm hearing. What's in store for you next? What are you busy with? What are, What is giving you meaning and what are you visioning for yourself? Well, having clarity that uh, adventure is definitely something that I want more in my life. Okay. I'm actually exploring now the idea of moving in another country for six months Oh wow! Um, as the experience. And yeah. One of my child, one of my 16-year-old son decided he's not coming, but my 14-year-old is totally on board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, your 16-year-old's not coming. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, are you sad about it? I'm like, no. Like, mm-hmm. who am I serving if I'm not following my dream because he doesn't want to embark mm-hmm. in my dream? I'm not serving mm-hmm. him to mm-hmm. follow your dream. I'm not serving yeah. me because I'm not fulfilling my dream. And I'm right. not serving my daughter either. Yes. So right now we're actually exploring, the, I'm actually exploring the, the, the adventure. Our next adventure is a yeah. six months um, uh, adventure to, yeah. to live abroad. Oh, beautiful. And I, I wish you everything of the best with that process. And I'm sure we'll keep yeah. in touch. I'd love to know how it goes. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know, being in the driver's seat is that, is yeah. what do you want your life to be about? Absolutely. What do you want to be able to tell yourself? Mm. Mm. I wish I would have. That's not my plan. Yeah. It's actually what you are, what you are doing, what you are currently at. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Sarah, it's been such a beautiful conversation today with such beautiful words. And I think, you know, I'm feeling very inspired and I'm sure my listeners are going to as well. I would love it as we end off today's episode, if you could share something that really just keeps inspiring you, you know, whether it's a a song lyric, a quote, a poem, something that just, you know, keeps you towards reaching your dream and your vision. Well, right now, because it changes and evolves. uh, Uh Right now, there's a song that's called I'm Unstoppable. Uh Uh That whenever I doubt and whenever I'm unsure, I put in my headphones and I listen to Mm -hmm. because that is my anchor. Oh, nice. Nice. 
And obviously, I love the words of the song too. So yes, <laughs> yes. And it's funny because whenever I hear it, like even the birds, they they fly in the rhythm, and it's really. Uh-huh. It's very, it's very spectacular and it just kind of brings me back. Yes. Oh, it sounds magical. Really, really does. Sarah, thank you so much for being here today with me. I so appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for the invitation and thank you for the mission that you have. Thank you, Sarah. You take care. Thank you, All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. If you like what you heard, rate the episode and podcast and feel free to write a review. Plus, of course, share with others too. I love talking around topics like these. So if you like my perspective or insight on a subject close to your heart or something that you're grappling with, reach out to me in your comments or send me an email via my website or connect with me via LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. All my social media are on the podcast information. If it's important to you, then it's important to me. So happy listening to the Inspire Your Life podcast and catch you soon on the next episode. Bye.